All right, everybody, this is Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Seahawks. You know what that means. It's crossover edition. I am Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. We have got Grant Goldberg along with us from Locked On Seahawks. We're going to talk this matchup down here at the Coliseum on Sunday. It's going to be a good one. It's You look back to our first matchup, extremely close game. It uh, came down to a fourth conversion. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk this matchup. You know, I, I think the first the first game between the Seahawks and Rams uh, really raised my expectations for this upcoming one because it was really high contested. It wasn't what either of us either of us thought it was going to be. So I'm super excited and uh, for the game and for this uh, show we're about to do. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with you as far as expectations on this game from you know coming from last game. You know, I, I was talking on my podcast yesterday about how I got a little aggressive when I talked to you guys last time saying we're going to blow you out by, you know, you know, I think I said add 10 to whatever the spread was, which I think was about eight. And I said we beat you by 18. So I was way off. And you know <laughs> what? It was a good, uh, good chance for us to kind of come back down to earth a little bit and understand that the Seahawks still are, you know, pretty good, relatively good at home. Obviously lost this last weekend. Um, against the Chargers, but again, came down to that final play. So twice up in Seattle, it's come down to a final play to really decide a game. But another exciting one is you guys travel down here. You beat us last time uh, down here in L.A., but what are some of the expectations coming in this game? Obviously, um, you know, where you guys sit right now in the division, I believe it's 4-4. Four and four. Pete Carroll talked about, you know, they they this is not a rebuilding year. So what are your expectations coming down to L.A.? Uh, well, like I just said, I, I'm a little more confident going into this game than I was to say start the season. Uh, but you know, you know, when the Seahawks always travel to face the Rams, you never know what you're going to get. It's going to be a really close game, uh, low scoring. I think it's going to be different this year, which is crazy for me to say, cause I'm probably going to be wrong. It's probably going to be another, uh, low scoring game, but the teams, uh, they're, pl- they're both playing well. The offenses are playing well. And you, know, you think, all right, well, maybe this year is going to be different. They're going to score some points. And I think that's what we're going to see. The Seahawks secondary is a little banged up at the se- at the safety position. Uh, so it's, that's an area of concern for me. But, yeah, all in all, I think, uh, I think this could be a, a close game. Uh, I think the Rams know the Seahawks too well for this to be considered a trap game. I said that uh, on uh, Tuesday morning's show. But, you know, I, I have the feeling that if, if the Seahawks can uh, pull the upset, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those close games where they just barely pull it out. Kind of like last year when they traveled down and it, it hinged on, you know, a couple plays uh, like the Cooper Cup play at the end. And, and so, yeah, I think yeah. we're, we're going to get a close game, but uh, I could be wrong and I, I, I could be totally wrong. But, and so who knows? But I, I'm feeling good and uh, I, I'm just ready to watch a good game. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's always a good game between uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. The only game that we can think about really in close years past was the big blowout victory last year up on the road in Seattle. But other than that, they're always super close, come down uh, to the fourth quarter. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we do my bookie segment. We talk about some predictions and really try to figure out the spread. Because, again, it's a big spread, and and I don't know how that's going to shake out for the Rams. Uh, They're coming off a 10-point loss. They gave up 45 points. With this team, with this matchup, again, you mentioned it just a little bit ago. We expect it to be somewhat of a high-scoring game. It was 31-33 to in that first matchup. Uh, But talking about these offenses, Russell Wilson obviously has been playing pretty well over the last couple weeks. And 
Uh, but you guys do have some injuries. Talking about Chris Carson and where he stands for this game and, and what we can expect from that ground game. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a point that I was going to make because, you know, when you look at the offensive line play of the Seahawks, you kind of think, all right, well, maybe it's uh, it doesn't really matter who's running the ball because both guys and Chris Carson and, and Mike Davis looked like effective runners. But uh, if you had to pick one, it's it's Chris Carson. He's an explosive guy. Uh, he's really patient as a runner, and uh, he's just a, almost the total package what you want at the running back position. But you know, the offense just looked different with him out out of the game on Sunday versus the Chargers. He didn't play the whole second half, and you know, you just kind of realize all right how dependent they are on how patient of a runner he is and how physical he is and you know in in order to kind of just um kind of set the tone in the running game i know i hate that i hate that phrase set the tone with when it comes <laughs> to running the ball but yeah but you want to set a precedent when when you run the ball you want to be physical when you're doing it and chris carson allowed them to do that now now mike davis is a traditional runner and he, he runs the ball well but you know when you don't have that one-two punch uh, the flaws are kind of coming up in, in other guys' games. Rashad Penny hasn't been able to really get going all season. And so, yeah, he's really important to the Seahawks' offense, uh, really important to making this whole thing work. The Seahawks, uh, when they couldn't run the ball on Sunday, they just entirely moved away from the passing, from the uh, play-action passing game, which is really disappointing to see because it worked so well uh, later in the game when they had to use it to come back, and it's worked so well over the course of the season when they started integrating it into the offense. So Chris Carson, his, he's super important to this offense, and hopefully uh, Pete Carroll said that he was sore at this point last week as well, so it's a sort of similar injury that we're dealing with. Hopefully the recovery's a little better and he's able to play at full strength on Sunday. Yeah, and you mentioned Penny in there, and, and I want to get your thoughts a little bit more on that because you know the Seahawks in the past couple weeks talked about getting him more involved. Obviously with Carson coming out of the game, he did get a little bit more involved, but I think as far as offensive Saps, I think he only had about 12, if I read that correctly. What do you expect for him coming in? You know, let's say Carson, you know, maybe is a late ad as far as a go or isn't a go. Uh, what what can we expect from Penny, and why hasn't he really found his way yet? I mean, he was a he was a first round pick. They're really excited about him. What didn't really work out so far? Well, what's what's the biggest thing in front of him is how well both guys and Chris Carson and Mike Davis has, have been playing, and they didn't want to really you know mess with that and and really uh, throw a wrench in what a good thing it was, and so you know it's it's hard to get him going with a lack of carries, but when he did have carries early on in the season, it was mostly with the kind of shoddy offensive line play, and so he wasn't really able to get going in the snaps that he did get. And so you said he had 12 snaps on Sunday. That's 12 more than he had in the past two weeks combined. <laughs> and so, you no, know, we saw go. we saw some good we saw some good plays. You know, he had a little bit of shake, but he wasn't super elusive. He wasn't breaking a whole lot of tackles. And um, yeah, I, I'd expect a little bit more of a dose against the Rams on Sunday if Chris Carson's not able to go. But John Schneider even said coming into the last game against the Chargers that you know there was a little bit more of an emphasis on getting Penny the ball. And I'm wondering if that's still the case with Chris Carson, uh, his status being uncertain through the week, if they start to give him more practice snaps with the first team and kind of getting ready for that starting running back type of load in this game. Yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be definitely uh, something to kind of keep an eye on depending on how Carson is and his availability and, and what happens there because the Seahawks have been kind of working 
Uh, a pretty good running game right now. They're third in the NFL, averaging 137 yards. Uh, so that is something that the Rams have struggled against. But the Rams coming off that big loss struggled mightily against the pass. We'll talk about that a little bit more on the other side. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, get some word from Smurfs. We're going to get some words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. On the other side, we've got Grant Goldberg from Lockdown Seahawks and Bear Motter from Lockdown Rams on a Lockdown Crossover Wednesday. All right, we are back. Lockdown Crossover Wednesday. This is probably one of my favorite days. I love getting all of our hosts together, talking. We've got Grant Goldberg. I am Bear Motter. We're talking Rams. We're talking Seahawks. A big matchup coming up, and we kind of been focusing on uh, the Seahawks offensively. I got one more question for you on that front. Another guy that's kind of popped up on the injury report, but, you know, Pete Carroll kind of shook it off as he thinks he'll be okay, is DJ Fluker. And DJ Fluker, last time we played, had a big holding penalty near the end of the game that backed up the Seahawks, really put him out of field position. He wasn't happy about it. He spoke about it after the game. Uh, and then he kind of came after Sue, said he's been taking him to the water all day and uh, when we were talked about, when reporters asked the Rams about that, they were pretty interested. So talking about, one, is Fluker going to play in this game? And then, two, uh, you know, he put a lot of words out there. Is he ready to back that up? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Pete Carroll gave a status update on him, and he said that he's fine coming out of Sunday's game, that they were just probably holding him out for precautionary reasons. And, yeah, I'd expect him to go. And, you know, I, I think I said it last time that he has been – the addition of the offseason for the Seahawks. That's what I keep going back to. Uh, when you talk about consistent uh, run blocking, uh, pass blocking has been better than advertised. And, yeah, he you know, he played really well against a good Rams front. And so, you know, you like, I mean, as a, as a competitor, uh, as, you know, a fan watching too, um, it, it's it's fun to see that kind of, you know, competitiveness and, and um and the type of, you know, smack talker, really. Because, you know, that's what makes the game fun. It's a game at its core. And so, yeah, I think he'll be ready to bring uh, back it up. Uh, he's a big dude uh, who plays who plays like it. And I, I just, I really like DJ Fluke, and I hope he's back with the team next year. Yeah, and as we kind of flip this over, and, and you're right, that I do love that, the smack talk. It's just in these division rivals, man, it's always interesting when you give the opponent some some bulletin board material, but I understand it was in the heat of the moment right after the game. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch because you're right. He's a big boy and really helped that offensive line improve from last year. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that matchup. But as we flip over to the Rams offense and the Seahawks defense, uh, nothing's changed much as far as you know what we can expect from the Rams and how they've moved the football. Jared Goff's coming off one of his best games uh, this season, if not you know in his career, as far as playing on the road and delivering. What are the Rams? What are the Seahawks defense going to do differently uh, this time to kind of try to slow this team down? Uh, well, I think you know having one game under their belt against this Rams offense uh, is going to help a little bit in terms of scheming. But, uh, yeah, Bradley McDougald's status is really going to, you know, hinge on whether the Seahawks are going to be able to play competent, uh, competent defense in the secondary. Um, you know, he's been a linchpin for the Seahawks team uh, when you talk about their defense. And so his health is, 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 you know, really crucial for this team because if not for him, you're putting Delano Hill out there with Tedrick Thompson. And that's, you know, a matchup nightmare against a team like the Rams who, you know, are able to scheme – 
uh, I don't want to call them nobody receivers, but but no uh, name guys like you don't know their names. They're not household names. Uh, they were able to scheme them wide open, and they were still gashing the Seahawks. And so the Rams are able to get people open no matter who they are, and you know just being in the right positions, being you know in the right place, you know just sticking to your assignments. You know that's going to be huge for the Seahawks. And uh, I think that, you know, if, with McDougald in there, it's going to be a lot easier. With Hill in there, uh, that'll be a, a tough task ahead for the Seahawks defense. Yeah, so Jared Goff last game threw for 321 yards. Uh, a couple of the top guys on the receiving side of that, Robert Woods had five catches, 92. Cooper Cup had a really big game in his return to Washington State. He had six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, do you see Jared Goff going over 300 yards on Sunday, or I guess a little quick over/under for Jared Goff <laughs> over 300 yards for him? Uh, I'll, I'll say a shade under, um, and that that probably is uh, probably a little biased of me to say because you know he's been able to surpass that number quite easily all season. Um, but yeah, I think you know a lot of it was yards after the catch for the Seahawks, and I do expect them to tackle a little bit better this time around than in. Uh, than in the past against the Rams uh, going back to this last game. And so, yeah, hopefully the Seahawks tackle better. If not, then uh, Jared Goff is going to be racking up those yards, whether it's through the air or just uh, getting it to his guys and letting them do the work. Well, I'll keep it on the quarterback side, and then we're kind of jumping around here, but that's what makes it fun about podcasting on the crossovers is Russell Wilson had himself a pretty good day against the Rams uh, last game. Not a big yardage game. He threw for 198, but he had three touchdowns. And believe me, all week we've been talking over here about Marcus Peters and getting torn up on the big game down in New Orleans. Uh, Mike Thomas really, I think it was 12 catches for 211 yards, something crazy like that. Russell Wilson did that. Uh, He was kind of the first one to really break down Marcus Peters this year. Uh, So I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and I'll say over-under with a touchdown mark. So he got three, so let's say two. Over-under, two touchdowns for Russell Wilson on Sunday. Well, I'd say Russell Wilson's coming off one of his – worst games in uh, recent memory against the Chargers. He just looked off. He, you know, didn't really get into a rhythm. And part of that could be, you know, the offense being so reliant on Chris Carson for their flow. And the refs had a super choppy game. Uh, we're giving calls both ways um, during this game. And it was just, you know, a horrible game to watch from a refereeing standpoint. But uh, he never really got into a rhythm on Sunday. And so, uh, I, I'm sure he wants to get past that. He, I'm sure he wants to put it behind him. Uh, I'll say over three touchdowns, and that that kind of leads me to my question, Bear. And you know what is going on with Marcus Peters? You know, you saw that he was hurt uh, at the beginning of this really bad stretch of games. Uh, what's been the issue besides the injury, if anything? Man, well, it's not the injury because he was asked that after the game, and I thought, I mean, he kind of he kind of squared up his shoulders and looked at this guy like he was gonna. He got into fight mode, like why you asked me about why you asked me about that, and it was like, well, you played like crap for about four weeks, so <laughs> or it's kind of a valid question, right? But uh, he says that is not the case. He's not injured. That was a long time ago, and that he is healthy and he wouldn't be out there if he wasn't. Uh, but we we're all scratching our head over here, man. We're trying to figure out. I think my big thing is. Talib was really always meant to be the number one cornerback for hit for us. Obviously, uh, he went out earlier in the season, week three against the Chargers that you guys just saw. And most likely, we just found out he's doing pretty well and he's going to be back 
uh, week 13 against the Lions, but we cannot wait for him to get back because I don't think Peters really is ever, even when he was in KC, he was really never the number one guy. They always had a great secondary around him, and he kind of could still be play his risky ball, but he had people around him to kind of hold down uh, you know, the number one wide receiver or really, you know, kind of help him out in that situation. Talib was that guy here. He's not here. Troy Hill is not going to be the number one guy. So now it's Marcus Peters job. And you can tell it's just uncomfortable for him. And, and he just he looks uncomfortable in the role. And he probably could have gotten more yards and touchdowns put up on him. But Drew Brees went different direction the one time <laughs> that he fell down. And Mike Thomas was wide open. Uh, so Russell Wilson, I'm sure, has got his number targeted, but we're we're scratching our heads too over here, man. I, I'm for his sake. I hope he can come out and have a great game because uh, he's been the topic of every conversation out here in LA. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and he had the reputation where you know he would play such a risky style because it'd be it'd pay off for them. They uh, Kansas City would get you know great interception numbers, and that's you know credit to Peters and uh, the the type of ball that he played. But, you know, like you said, clearly it's not working out in Los Angeles with the current secondary situation that they have. And I, I have one more question before we head to our last break of the show. And, you know, you, you said the, the running game has been an issue for the Rams. And I, I wonder, you know, if the Seahawks are going to struggle running the ball, you know, who's going to be at the forefront of stopping their running game? You know, we just added, obviously, Dante Fowler. He had our best run grade uh, last week. He had a really great game as far as helping stop the run, which is funny because he's an edge rusher, and right. he's really come in to chase the quarterback. But uh, that was one thing Wade Phillips talked about him when we first you know, got him in here was, hey, we we kind of are excited about this guy. We think we can also play him on first and second down. So if he can continue to do that, that's going to be really huge for us. And then obviously Aaron Donald lives in the backfield. So we expect him to really pitch in on the run and the pass. Yeah. Uh, but it, really we talked about another person that's gotten a lot of, well, not a lot of grief, but is starting to get some is, is Indomitian and Sue. We want him to be a little bit more involved. We're throwing him around the line a little bit. I don't know if that's, you know, just not to his benefit. He's not being able to get comfortable somewhere, but he's come up with some big plays, but in the run, we need him to step up as well as Michael, Michael Brockers has really been a staple for us up front. And then obviously that linebacking core, Corey Littleton has been huge, but we had so many missed tackles last game. Uh, you saw a lot of missed tackles from LaMarcus Joyner coming up and making plays and Mark Barron missed some tackles. And so we're really just going to need those guys to uh, make tackles, you know, yeah. and, and then really have four or five guys around the ball. You always love on a defense when one guy's making a tackle and five more guys come and pile on. We haven't seen a lot of that lately for the Rams. So hopefully that's something that they're going to, you know, try to express because guys like Russell Wilson, sometimes one guy's not going to be enough to take him down. He's going to wiggle out and, and find a way to make a play. So uh, we're going to need to kind of play that swarming defense, but we're going to need to tackle better. And that, that starts definitely in our linebacking core, but you know, the big guys up front continue to push and, and hopefully wear down on that offensive line. We saw that through the first couple quarters, teams have been able to hold them in check. But as it gets to the third and fourth quarter and you're starting to get gassed a little bit, that's when these guys really pick it up. Uh, but that's a great question. It's going to be a fun matchup to watch throughout the game. Uh, you mentioned it here. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside, get a quick break, get some words from some sponsors. We'll be right back on the other side. Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams, crossover, Grant Goldberg, Bear Motter. We'll be right back after this. All right, we are back. Locked on Rams, locked on Seahawks, crossover edition. It's Wednesday. It's game week, and this is a good one. It always is when Seattle and Los Angeles connect. 
it's kind of funny, kind of it feels good saying Los Angeles. You know, it was always forever the St. Louis Rams. But, man, that, that battle even went back to that era in time as well. Uh, you guys are traveling down. Uh, let's talk a little bit. This will, We'll get some my bookie stuff going on. So before we get to it, I'll kind of kick over it and, and, you know, tell you guys a little bit my bookie. You guys know uh, we talk about it a lot here on the show. But my bookie, it's not always about who you bet but where you are betting it at, mybookie.ag, awesome site. They've been around forever, and they're giving you, the Lockdown listener, $25 when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN25. Anytime you add an extra 100 bucks to your account, they're going to give you 25 So head to the site, put some money down, LOCKDOWN25, to get some extra bucks from us. It's a great deal. And the fun thing is they've got in-game live betting, uh, they they can bet on anything you can ever want overs unders and what we're gonna do now we've done this before but we're just gonna pick a couple games and we'll finish with the Seahawks and the Rams obviously but we're gonna kind of just talk a couple fun stuff as far as matchups that are happening uh, this week in the NFL and just kind of do a take your pick um, we've done this in the past but we'll start with a great game this is the Thursday night game I'm really excited about this one Carolina Panthers are favored going into Pittsburgh by four points. Grant, if you're going to pick a team, Carolina or Pittsburgh, who would you go with on Thursday night? Ooh, that's a tough one because, you know, the Panthers are playing so well and the Steelers are at home and it's a short week, so you don't really know which version of a team you're going to get. But uh, I do like the Panthers in that game, uh, and I'll take the four points. I think the Panthers are playing so well and the Steelers just have such an inconsistent product of football. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's just it's a, a weird team to watch. And I'll go with a hot team. I'll go with Carolina in Pittsburgh with the four points. Yeah, and it's it's kills me to pick against the Steelers in Pittsburgh, but I'm kind of with you here. Uh, I just said on my podcast the other night, if there's a team that might chase the Rams in the NFC for holding that number one spot, Carolina's right behind uh, the Saints, and they've got two of their last three matchups are against the Saints, so that could switch really fast. Uh, they've been playing crazy hot, like you mentioned. I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder coming on the road and trying to prove to everyone on a national stage and a short week that they are that good. So I'll take the points as well. I'll say Carolina in this one. Uh, we'll agree on this one. And let's just see. I'm, I'm on the site right now. I'm just kind of scrolling down here, trying to find another really good game for us, see what else we've got. Oh, let's do the Sunday night game. We'll do the Thursday game. We'll do the very Sunday night game. This is division uh, Dallas Cowboys coming off a really tough loss on Monday night. They are going up to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by six and a half points. A lot of talk going on in Dallas. It seems maybe like an easy pick, but if you're looking at six and a half points, maybe not. Uh, thoughts on the Cowboys-Phillies game? Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's tough to pick the Cowboys this year. Their offense has just been... Uh, in a big dry spell, and then their defense has been the uh, the best aspect of their team. But I'll, I'll pick Philly, even though they've been you know not the team that everybody expected they were going to be this year. Um, I I don't know if they cover six and a half. Um, it's going to be a tough game uh, just in, in in scoring the football. Uh, I don't trust uh, really either team, and so I'll take Philadelphia, but I don't think they cover that six and a half points. Okay, uh, it's weird thing is I was like, all right, I'm going to go against them here on this one. But I, I kind of agree exactly with it. You say I think Philly's going to win the game. Uh, but I think I would pick, if I'm going to place down a bet on my bookie, is I'd pick Dallas Cowboys plus the points. I think all that noise that's going on right now 
Uh, I think Zeke is going to perform a little bit better than he did, and they're going to have to really start to pick it up. You know, they've got one more week with Amari Cooper in their system. A lot of pressure. I think the team kind of takes it and makes this a close game. They may not win it, but I think this thing will be a field goal type of game. It's division. It's a tough. It goes back to kind of what we're talking here with the Rams and the Seahawks. The division games, man, those get a lot tighter. Uh, especially when you got this old school rivalry to it, and I don't think the Eagles are the Eagles we know of last year. So uh, six and a half points. I think this one's gonna be close. I'll take Cowboys with the points on this one, and then we'll go to the match of the week for me and you, and we'll can dive more a little bit into this. We'll do our my bookie as far as the spread, and then we can kind of go into some predictions uh, throughout. So we've got the Seattle Seahawks traveling down to Los Angeles. And this is a 10-point spread, uh, Seattle plus 10. Talk to me. Who you got in this one? Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's it's tough to pick the Seahawks to lose uh, by double digits. And so I think that they'll cover. Um, it, it, it's a tough game for the Seahawks to win, uh, regardless of where they're playing. Uh, but the team they have in front of them is just one of the juggernauts in the NFL. And so I'll, I'll pick the Seahawks to cover. Uh, I think that the the Rams win and they hit the over. Uh, the over under is fifty one points, and I think I think they hit the over. Um, Rams win probably twenty eight to twenty twenty seven. I think it's going to be a really close game. All right, I like it. Uh, I, I'm with you here. I, I think it, that's a lot of points, man. I mean. Yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, the bear from last podcast was like, 10 points, add another 10 to it. We're going to smoke <laughs> them. But it's a little different. I learned my lesson, and I almost had a heart attack. The funny thing is, I don't know if I ever told you, but uh, that game, I was so confident that that was going to be a blowout game. My family was in town. I actually went to Disney World and was like, nah, fine. I'll just watch it on my phone. We'll be up by 20 by halftime. I'll be good. And then here I was at Disneyland freaking out in the <laughs> corner, like trying to like refresh, refresh, and try to find streams and it was you know this fourth down thing it was crazy and it was i uh, put way too much stress on myself for that game so i will be at my house and i'm gonna make sure i got plenty of beers because i think the seahawks cover this spread plus 10 uh, that's a lot of points and we just talked about coming off that cowboy matchup these two teams when they meet it's typically a close game i think the seahawks i mean they're well aware of these things i don't think they're checking my bookie to see the spread but they're well aware that they're the underdog uh, so that's going to give them some motivation. They lost on a fourth down conversion. That's going to give them some motivation. They just lost against another LA team. That's going to give them some motivation. I think this is going to this is a, this is a dynamite Pete Carroll. Let me coach him up type of situation and bring a good team on the road and really fight. So I think this is going to be a close game. I, I also agree that it's going to go over that 51 points. I think we're going to crack into that 30 points because that's just what the Rams do. And if the Seahawks want to kind of keep pace, that's what they're going to have to do. So I'm going to say Rams 35, and then I will say uh, Seahawks 31. They're going to need Russell Wilson at the end of the game to try to go make a play like he had to do this last game. I, I just don't think it's going to work out for him. Hopefully, on our side, hopefully it's Marcus Peters with a pick to seal the game. That would be a great redemption story for him this week. I don't know if that's going to happen. but and, and you're saying that you don't think they're going to win, but tell me – if they do win, let's say Monday morning we wake up and the Seahawks won, what would be the number one or number two reasons why? Um, Russell Wilson has a monster game, and the Seahawks defense finds a way to make big plays down the stretch. I think Russell Wilson, uh, if they do win, he's going to have to have 
you know, maybe four touchdowns and, and two of them are going to have to be, you know, really long explosive plays. I'm thinking, you know, maybe like a 60 yard touchdown to Tyler Lockett, you know, something crazy like that. Um, and yeah, the defense just really consistent secondary play. You know, they're not getting gouged on these, uh, on these crosser routes and, you know, by guys that I've never heard of. And uh, Todd Gurley has to have a muted performance in the running game and passing game. And I think the Seahawks do have a good chance to kind of slow him down with Bobby Wagner. Uh, Todd Gurley can't rush for three touchdowns again. Uh, his you know rushing yardage uh, was not you know his best total when they were up in Seattle this year. But he did have those three touchdowns uh, due to his red zone performance. And so, yeah, I think they'll have to uh, really key in on... Uh, Gurley have the good have good red zone defense and come up big down the stretch along with Russell Wilson playing lights out. Well, it's going to be a good game regardless. We're excited to watch it here at the Coliseum. I'm actually giving away two tickets to the game, so anyone that's listening, even if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, but maybe you live down in LA, make sure to go find us on Instagram, on Twitter, Lockdown Rams. Sign up. I'm announcing the winner on Friday, so there's still some time if you, if you want to if you're down in the LA area and want a chance to win some tickets. I'm giving away. I would hate to go to a Seahawks fan, but you know what? It's a contest, so you never know who will win. I'm sure I'm going to get some grief from my uh, Rams Nation people, but it's open to everybody. There's no rules here. Uh, But Grant, it's been amazing. You can go follow him at Grant Goldberg. All you Rams fans, just know he also does some Lakers content. So go check him out. He's, He's keeping everything up to date with Lakers. Uh, so, you know, don't hold the Seahawks against them. He, he also has some L.A. ties as well. Um, and then also you can find me at L.A. underscore Rambling Bear. And then both of us, you can either find us at Lockdown Rams or Lockdown Seahawks. Go subscribe. Leave a review. We're on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Let us know how we're doing. Grant, best of luck. And, uh, you know, well, best of luck after Sunday. Let's just say <laughs> that. Yeah, and, and same to you, uh, Bear. Thank you for you know getting together and doing this. And, yeah, make sure you guys go leave five-star reviews for Locked on Seahawks, for Locked on Rams. It's always appreciated. And so, yeah, thank you, guys. Awesome, man.